You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of The Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with someone we connected with via social media. Their brand is filled with so much inspiration, creativity, color, art, but most importantly, they're heavily focused on community and education, which we love. That's more so how we cross paths. Well, we're so excited to interview the creative mind behind Weed Feed. So guys, please welcome Ben to The Cannabis Hangout. Hi, hey, this ben. is so fun and cool. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us today. Of course, thank you. Yes, let's dive Let's dive on in, Ben. So tell us where your cannabis journey first began, like the first time you consumed, where you were, kind of just like paint a picture for us. Oh, okay, this is a fun one. <laughs> um, so... My journey began when I was in ninth grade of high school. So I was maybe like 14 years old. Okay. Um, and I, I had a friend who it was really taboo in, in at least my, um, in my environment growing up. And I had one friend who, like I heard, experimented with weed and asked him about it. And we met up together in a random person's backyard (laughs) in, in Brooklyn. And, and, and oddly enough, I ended up weird fast forward, but like eight years later, I ended up moving into that exact house. Whoa! Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, for sure. Just by sheer coincidence, that's it was like crazy. a family home. My parents split up, moved there. Wow. But <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, but yeah, we we uh, we were such amateurs. Like you mentioned, education. Like we had zero education, and I think like my friend came with three different like roaches and he just <laughs> wrapped them all together like <laughs> yeah. to create one giant joint. Yeah, it makes sense. And yeah, I coughed for 10 minutes and then I just remember skipping and it was a great day. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome, Ben. That does sound like an amazing day. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was like, that was, yeah, that was a life changer. And I became a, I feel like I became an activist for cannabis ever since. Like immediately I went home and I'm like, hey, mom, want to know what the future is going to look like? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So she didn't get on to you or anything? Was she cool with it? No, she was not cool with it at all. And okay. so depending on the situation, I was a wise ass and like I like to push the envelope a little bit. And for so sure. <laughs> That that kind of like argument about cannabis being the future, and that sometimes came in the form of like a rebuttal during an argument mm. or a punishment. Um, but sometimes I would just like bring it up at random at the dinner table when everything was great. You know, yeah. like Can I just <laughs> ask you guys something. 
just so it doesn't always feel like a combative conversation. Right, yes. And it was, you know, uh-huh. when everything's perfect, like, like, oh, I'm so proud of you, like, for graduating, you know? And I'm like, ha-ha, don't forget about weed, though. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Mom. In the back of your head. it me do it. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. No, I like, understand. Like, look at that. You could be proud. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So what's it like with your family now in regards to cannabis and, you know, are you guys pretty open? Life changed. Life. Really, over the years, it progressed so much. Like, the first time my mom found weed on me, she was, like, like looking up rehab centers because she saw Oh, gosh. Heroin. Oh, gosh. Oh, um, she didn't send me anything, God, but... Um, and now she's wearing Weezy merch at the supermarket. Uh, <laughs> we love to hear that. Absolutely. Yeah. Love to hear it. That's awesome. What and a breakthrough. She's last. She's, she's like, she's still, we're still not there, but like, it is a huge breakthrough because like, she's come so far and like, nowadays my whole family consumes my siblings, my dad, my oh. aunts, my uncles, my cousins, like. And it really like brought us together, like as a family, in a new way. Yeah. Um, it, it, like in a really like undeniably therapeutic way. Um, and but my mom is still like the matriarch, so she still I feel like she still feels like she has to play the role, even if it's like a little bit. So like sometimes it'll be like, do you need a third joint, you know, or like something <laughs> yes, like that? Yes. Just to like assert her like. Her mom tone. Yes. But, yes. But I we'll get, like, I haven't shared a joint with her yet, but we'll get there. Baby steps. Get there. I'll report back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad, I can relate. He'll, like, every now and then, like, tell me I'm a weed head or, like, tell me yeah. I'm, if I'm, like, if I'm, like, genuinely, like, laughing really hard at something or, like, just being silly or stupid, he's like, Brandon, I can just see it in your eyes that you're hot. <laughs> you're just so, you're just so high. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, so yep. I can relate. That sounds like my mom. Yes. <laughs> like, straight up. Oh, so man. funny. So, Ben, if you could consume one way for the remainder of your life what would be your go-to way i'd be smoking joints smoking joints i love to hear that <laughs> that's a solid yeah. answer do you have or like have you ever had a cannabis routine that you like to go by daily um i think my routine i definitely have have routine it, it's just interesting though how like it, it changes like like i feel like every 10 years my my routine changes because like I don't know my brain chemistry changes or for whatever reason Mm -hmm. but like I remember for a long time I was like I was smoking all day and all night and being so productive at work every day and getting my shit done and then I've gone through periods where um I can't smoke in the day so I would smoke every day right after work as like a gift and then all day on the weekend. So I was on like the T-Mobile 1998 plan, 19 weekends <laughs> only for a while. Um, uh, what else? And and now I'm at a point where where my routine is similarly, I, I, I don't typically smoke during the day. I smoke in the evenings and on the weekends. But if... If, if something happens during the day or like something goes wrong or something 
and I'm in a funk. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm in a funk and I'm not going to get out of this. So like my day is basically shot in terms of productivity. I'll smoke a little and it'll just kind of like rewire things yeah, up there. Take like the a edge quick off. reboot. And then, and then I'm, I'm able to be super productive. So it's like really been this journey of like understanding myself while I change, you know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. I understand that. That. So, Ben, at what point did cannabis become more than just, like, smoking for you and seen as, like, medicine? From the beginning, for sure. I love that. Like, Whenever you were in I, ninth grade? Yeah. Really? I was, like, even as a ninth grader, like, I, I, I just had, like, a rocky childhood at certain points, you know? And, yeah, like, for sure. had to deal with little little bouts of trauma Mm -hmm. and you know there were like I was always very mature for my age Mm -hmm. as a kid like no one would believe my age when I said it um and and yeah from the beginning like it 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 helped me like like crazy you know yeah I awesome wild and it's cool that you were able to realize it at such a young age you know especially because i feel like during high school you're really boys mature different than girls and you know you're really going through this like weird adolescent phase and the fact that you were in your body enough to understand that is really cool and i don't think i don't think it was like like don't get me wrong like and this kind of sucks to say because like i wish it I wish it wasn't the story, but it is the truth that like, I feel like my, my first time was kind of adolescent-ish, you know? Yeah. yeah. It was like, life sucks. Like, I'm just going to do the, I'm going to do weed. I'm going to try this thing. Like, like it was, it wasn't so like beautiful that first time yes. in terms of like the reason why, you know? Yeah. And I was just a dumb kid, mm-hmm. but, but. It, it didn't take long at all for me to realize that because, like, I was one of those kids that was on all Adderall and, like, I was on, like, you know, they, they're they like, oh, ADD, like, whatever, which yeah. I am. But <laughs> I, yeah. I realized that, like, I was already taking things that kind of changed me a little bit. Yeah. And so when I tried weed, like, I've already experienced kind of, like, like mood changers or whatever you want to call right. it. I don't know what the proper term is. And I was like, oh, this is a better one. Yeah. <laughs> like way better. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good explanation. I can I understand what you mean, like how you would relate it to feelings of like, even if it was like a prescription pill yeah. or whatever that exactly. you were taking, yeah. like you smoked weed and you were like, okay, this is kind of like those feelings, but it's way, it's on a different level. That makes me feel more normal. Yeah, because yeah. there was nothing subtle about Adderall. No, you know no. what I mean? It was yeah. just like, bam. <laughs> yeah, and the way it makes you feel too. like that's, And the after yeah. effects. I feel like the come down's pretty rough, like very moody. And it just is like agitated. Rough. Oh, yeah, I can't take that today. Yeah. I would be too sad at the end. <laughs> <laughs>
Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, Saab, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So Ben, you are, you are calling us from New York. Talk to us and the people listening. What's it like up there with cannabis laws and like purchasing cannabis looks like for you before and after legalization? Um, so I'm in New York. I mean, I don't really represent the whole New York and the whole New York's experience mm-hmm. because, you know, like I had certain access or, you know, the experience is different for for everybody, mm-hmm. especially depending on who you who you look like and yes. what you look like and where you're growing up. Um, but for me, um, it's been pretty easy. It's been pretty lax. Um, I like whether it was back in the day growing up as a kid in Brooklyn, there was always like you know four or five weed dealers in my phone at one time. They all had like their name and their last name was BB. That's how I distinguished my dealers. Oh, nice. <laughs> everyone had their thing. Um, everyone had their thing, right? Uh-huh. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and now I, now honestly, now I get so much free weed. I haven't bought weed in a while. So hell yes yeah. to that. <laughs> we can kind of relate um, to that. Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm just like constantly testing weed and like I, I, I really never thought I would be this way, but I'm like a little bit more of a weed snob now because like I've really gone through so many different ones and they're legal weed. So, so it's not just like this mystery of like what it is, you know, it's like the brand, you know, um, and so that's my process now. But like, there's delivery services here in New York. It's like it's really easy. There's some some like DL consumption lounges that'll sell you weed. Nice, that's here. cool. So is it is it yeah? Is it rec there? I can't remember. Yeah, so they they legalized it recreationally. Okay. Um, but but all the uh, all like the whole process for developing regulations and stuff mm-hmm. is like the slowest process ever, most likely on purpose. Um, so there's no like finite answers, I believe, um, in terms of like what's allowed with business yet, you know? So like you can't just like open a dispensary right now. Like you, it's extremely hard to like even get close to getting a license here. Um, from what I understand, but people are just smoking in the street, which is beautiful. Yeah, that is beautiful. And I'm sure like the least of the NYPD's concern is people smoking weed on the streets. Like they're not, they don't care. Well, it is now. Yes. Before it used to be their greatest tool. You know, Mm -hmm. they're like, they're like sniff, sniff, reasonable belief that you're doing something. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that was such a great tool for them to really do shit without that they're not really warranted to do. Right, yeah. so, um, so it's a nice, uh, 
it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I walked by a police station smoking, and it felt nice. Yeah, but, you're like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't even know if that's allowed. Like, I really don't want to be. <laughs> well, honest. you just put yourself like, a blast bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like, like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, no one knows where. That with a grain of salt. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So Ben, I remember visiting a friend in New York a couple of years ago and it, um, it, I had just gotten back from like a week long vacation, hadn't smoked in a while or a two week long vacation. And I also had never consumed in New York before. And he had his guy deliver an eighth to us to his door, which like is crazy because nobody here has ever done that. Not like, you know, like not yeah. like your, your dealer. Like yeah. they just like, you your know, doorstep. Yeah, it's like your doorstep. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, is he here? And he was like, yeah. And it was just like so magical being in the city, sitting on that couch, watching the sunset go down, you know, on the skyline, just like everything. So like, do you have a magical, like a magical city story where you just like consumed cannabis and you just like that, it just has stuck with you for a long time? Oh my God, I have so many. <laughs> okay. First one that Where comes to your I mind. To, I have to think, I have to think. I mean, I really try to make every joint, like I'm such an indulger and like, I lo- I live for that magic that mm. you're talking about. You yes. Know? Yes. Like, like I, I just, like I moved during COVID, got like a decent little COVID apartment deal in New York when you could get an apartment here. Mm-hmm. And like my only must have on my list was a view. And so like, Honestly, right now, I wish you could see what I'm looking at, but Ugh. it's fucking magical. Describe you know? it to so us. Like, <laughs> well, the sun is like just setting right now. So the sky is like purple and orange and blue mm. and lavender. And I'm looking at the water. There's a boat going by. There's a baseball field with people playing baseball. Like That's dope. And yeah, I, it's, it's honestly dangerous for like me who's like semi-introverted because I'll never leave. <laughs> I'm never going to leave the apartment. Yeah. What <laughs> uh, a view. That's amazing. I, my sister like, lived in New York for 10 years and that was her non-negotiable. Every single apartment she moved into. Really? She was like, I love to hear She that. was like, I could live in like a small little nothing, but like a view is non-negotiable. Dang. And she always paid for a view and my sister always had the dopest apartments with the coolest views, like never failed. Hell yeah. Same. I, I don't care about the size. Of, I literally don't care about anything but like a view just like adds like an extra shot of like oh my gosh it's magic dopamine or whatever yes especially in new york it's like so magical there yeah i love that so let's put my whole new york experience really is like like this is now like i'm 31 and like this is like the best thing ever but before moving here like my whole like when i was younger i was like super into photography Um, and I would just like look for places around Brooklyn and around New York that have really nice views and go there to smoke. Like that was like my little challenge. Like I would open Google Maps and I would look for like a blue and green section that like looked like it was in a random spot Mm -hmm. and I would just go there. That's so cool. And like because of that my friends like when they were like proposing to their significant others like, <laughs> they would always ask me <laughs> like, you have to pay me knew i knew the spots <laughs> yeah. i had all i had all the spots like the, these like romantic waterfronts 
Boston. <laughs> <Ben>. like, <laughs> That's awesome. Like in Brooklyn, you know, like what the yes. hell? You don't think of that. In no. Uh, so thanks to next you. time you're in New York, I'll take you on like a nature tour. Oh, Perfect. We would honestly love that. We're big nature girls. Don't okay. get it twisted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a mental yeah. note. We'll right join at every spot. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Challenge accepted. We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> so ben, let's flip the script a little bit. Tell us what you do. Who you are. What, what I you do. do. Okay. Yes, for work. For work. So I have a company. It's a creative media company called Dumpling House Media. Um, and at Dumpling House, we divide our time into three. Um, a third of our time is spent um, focusing on our creative studio. Um, the, the second is on our media and advertising division. And the third is on our brand incubator division. And that's where Weed Feed was born. And so right now, Weed Feed is the focus for that third um, kind of division of Dumpling House. And so every day I'm either, you know, approving, looking over, being part of creative meetings um, or, you know, strategizing ad campaigns for, for clients um, or, you know, working on on bringing weed feed to life, you know? So for um, those... Definitely jumping around. So really quick, for those who are listening that don't know what weed feed is, can you tell them what it is and what they could expect from your brand? Yeah, for sure. So weed feed is a media and lifestyle brand. Um, it is... We, we were really born just by creating original content. Um, and, and we've been doing it for, I think we just hit our three-year anniversary. Um, we started it just right after we started Dumpling House. And essentially what we're doing is just like creating original shows. Like we have a show called Taste Buds that teaches people how to cook with cannabis and, and hemp and CBD. We have a cartoon called Cannibals, another show called Indian Tiva. We make all sorts of like art um, in a very specific style that like is pretty noticeable when a piece is made by us. Um, and through that, we've really just like been able to build community, you know, representing all the different faces in the cannabis space, really kind of pillared by creativity and a love for art and a love for food, um, and a love for cannabis, of course, and all the things it pairs best with. And today we have, um, events every once in a while, every kind of like two months or so we're doing an event either in New York or in California. Um, and you know, we're, we have articles up on our website. We're releasing merchandise on a regular basis. We make some really sick apparel. I'm like a, a like a quality, uh, uh, nerd when it comes to apparel. Cause uh -huh. I, I worked in that space for a bunch of years. Yes. Yeah, um, do you, did you work in apparel too? Yes, I did. Retail. No way. I did. Oh my God. <laughs> We could talk forever then. We probably yeah, could. I used, to, I, <laughs> I, I, I used to make clothes for like Pokemon and DC Comics and oh, wow. license merchandise. And so I, I, I started to realize kind of basically my disdain for polyester. <laughs> so we've been, we've been very, very persistent in like making really high quality products for weed feed, whether that's apparel or accessories or yeah. coming out with all sorts of, of smoking merchandise and yeah, so yeah a lot of stuff brewing 
what would you answer in like one is, sentence. For sure. That's a good explanation though. It gives a lot of information to anyone listening. What, how do you pick your creative team? Like what's that process like? Because your Instagram is like so unique and curated in such a creative way. And I know, you know, everyone who were, is a part of that, like I was very creative people. It's hard. It's, uh, it's probably one of the hardest things period yeah. is, is building team and continuing to build your team is probably the hardest thing. One of the hardest things in, 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 in having a business mm-hmm. and a brand. Um, I, I like part of it is obviously their creative abilities. Um, and that's like an easy first way to just say, is this, is this something that could, you know, like work for us? Right. Is, is their work good? Um, and then it, it, a lot of it has to do with like the vibe, you know, does right. this person seem like they, they would fit good in our company culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's something you can't outsource. You know, right. I have yes. to, I have to be on every one of those, you know, no one else could really handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and yeah, that's, that's basically it. And it's, it's extra nice when, you know, those people represent a different, uh, you know, group that isn't currently represented at Dumpling House. That's also really nice, you know, yeah. when we could further diversify the team um, is, uh, is a good bonus. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys kill it. Good. Yeah, I love that about Weed Feed. You guys are so diverse and you bring... I mean, even the little bit that we worked together, it was it was cool how many different types of people were brought to the table and that did so many unique things. And I really appreciated that about you guys. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah and that, that thing that we worked on together, that kind of like micro community that we were dubbing the collective for a while, is like actually weirdly something I, I just think about all the time because mm-hmm. I think it had the basis of like such a strong kind of concept and purpose I think we just kind of like like just shit happens you know yes and so that like took a back seat for a second mm-hmm. but like I really genuinely think about it all the time and like I really want to not only bring that back to life but like really turn it into what 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 we talked about being you know yeah. this kind of community uh of people that and, and it's still kind of exists to, to the to the degree of like a group chat but like doesn't it have the legs to be something so purposeful and meaningful in the community that's really good i like that explanation yeah and it was i mean yeah. it it i feel like great things take time yeah so and like with yeah. something so yeah. big you laid the basis down with the people that you wanted in the right. community i feel like and that's yeah. done. I mean, the fact that we're all, we all still chat and like keep up and it may not be so frequent, but we see that pot, you know, that chat pop up every so often. I mean, you built that community and it's cool that we yeah. still connect on that. And I feel like with the vision that you had brought to the table, something like that does require a lot of attention and like, it's a full send thing. You can't yeah. just half ass it. And so, um, exactly. yeah, great things take time. But I'm happy you see it as a foundation and, yes. and that like, yeah, it does take time and I'm manifesting it kind of it's life but you're right it, it is a you got a full send sometimes so 
<laughs> you hit it on the note. Yeah. So where did you get the name Weed Feed? Like, where did that idea spark from? Um, I don't know. I think I think we just I think I just thought of it, and I don't think there there was like any real deep story. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, I was thinking of calling it Beef and Broccoli. <laughs> that's <laughs> cool. Weed and hash. <laughs> Yeah, that's creative. Yeah. So, I like the weirdness of that. I know, it's very weird. I like yeah, that it just had like a lot of opportunity. For, mm-hmm. Also, like if you see a pattern, dumpling house, beef and broth, I, I'm definitely a food guy. Yes. <laughs> I think there's just like this shared love and yeah. like humanness to food. Um, and there's just, yeah, there's, I don't know, who knows, beef and broccoli might, you know, make its reprise as like a show, you know, I could just see the characters. Yes. I mean, cannibals, Um, beef and broccoli. I mean, you're, I feel like you have a step in the right direction. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It all feels part of the same universe. Yes. Um, So beef and broccoli isn't dead, but, but yes, first it was, it was beef and broccoli for a second. And then um, pretty much like every idea comes about is, is weed and a good whiteboard brainstorm sesh. Yes, and those are the best. Nar- narrowing it down to the phase. Um, I think that by that time there wasn't even a team, so I think I just like called it that. But mm-hmm. but um, nowadays ideas, yeah, are thrown at the board and then uh, democratically chosen by vote, okay, <laughs> more or less. That's the best way to do it. So what's the coolest experience you've had with like Dumpling House and Weed Feed and building, you know, this really cool team and just this really cool presence that you guys have? Because Weed Feed is very unique in that the content you guys put out is is so – there's you can tell there's a lot of thought put into it for as simple as it is because it's just like really random basic stuff, but it's so bright and bold and unique and like – the bud structure, you know, it's just like all really cool and unique. So what, like, what's the coolest experience that you've had with creating such like a very unique brand? I don't know. It's like, it just keeps getting more exciting as it goes, as we go along. Um, I mean, where, where we just did a really cool event in Palm Springs, um, at the, uh, the same house that like Marilyn Monroe and JFK and freaking Frank Sinatra used to hang out Whoa, at. Oh, that's cool. And like, that's a vibe. Yeah, there was like a Frank Sinatra cover band, like fully oh, wow. tucked out. Wow. Um, we got like, it was like, it was pretty epic. So just from like a glitz and glam perspective, like, you know, that was awesome. We, we have more events coming up that are probably going to get even, even cooler with time. But like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a cute answer. Um, but I think, I think honestly my favorite feeling is when I'm wearing weed feed merch and like someone recognizes the brand and they're like, Oh, you know, weed feed. Cause it's like not that huge yet mm-hmm. where it still feels like if you know, you know, yes. and like sometimes, sometimes I'll wear like a hoodie or a hat. And someone will be like, will connect with me because of weed feed. Mm-hmm. And then my friend that's with me will probably be like, he, he may weed feed. <laughs> and then it's like a whole convo comes about it. And, <laughs> that's awesome. And those are cool moments, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. It's just cool that like I feel like you guys are so big on community that that's just another like reach of community that people when people recognize that like that's freaking cool when you know people recognize something you're wearing they're like oh that's weed feed and like obviously you're not saying anything but internally you're like oh fuck yeah that's so cool yeah yeah I'm not gonna be like hey like yeah. that's me like, no but yeah. internally you're screaming inside <laughs> Yeah, inside I'm like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. So with Instagram, they have so many guidelines and restrictions. How do you feel like, or if it has ever hindered Weed Feed, like your account, and like how do you overcome those hurdles for like anyone listening that are creators and like have to figure that kind of stuff out? It's tough. Any advice? (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure we're shadow banned right now. I think uh, all like, of us are at the moment. Um, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think y'all. I think you guys are because I feel like when I try, yeah, you know when you have to type in the full name of someone's, yep, to get that's it. How you know? Yes, yeah, exactly. That's how you know. Uh huh. And the truth is, we we weren't we haven't gotten shadow banned for so long, and um and I I spoke at Hall of Flowers on like a panel, and I actually talked about this subject in particular, and I was just kind of. I was just talking about, you know, how people should stop reporting each other. It's so mm-hmm. lame and just like low. Um, and I just made a bunch of comments just kind of like to represent the industry. Yeah. Because we're really all just hurting like ourselves, you know, it li- literally makes no sense mm-hmm. that like it, everyone is so combative and, and so uh, 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 competitive but the market, it doesn't even exist yet. Like, it's still federally illegal. Like, right. mm-hmm. anybody who is working in this industry right now is an OG, you know? Yeah. Like, like right now, of course, we know OGs who have been in the industry for, you know, 50 years, right. you know, who, yes. who had farms and been arrested. Like, of course, those are the OG OGs, yes, you yes. know? But, but, but in, in, in 10 years from now, or even less, when when shit is federally legalized and regulations are put into place and sturdy and the constellation brands of the world and Procter and Gamble of the world and, and these huge conglomerate companies of the world start getting into weed, everybody who's in it now is going to look at one another like, Oh, we're the OGs. We go way back, you know, back when there wasn't like hall of flowers only had three trade shows and we're going to like look at each other but in the back of our heads, we're going to be thinking, wow, what a waste of time, like mm-hmm. being so competitive and combative at that time. Because yes. it was so pointless. It is so pointless to be competitive right now. Mm-hmm. And so pointless that people are reporting each other. And that's really the big, that's what it all comes down to for the instability of Instagram. Like, of course, we know that Instagram and Facebook are not like, you know, helping much with with most of the time with accounts getting deleted and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but it comes down to the people reporting. Yeah. Yes. That's really what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good, Ben. It's like the community kind of cannibalizing itself. And it really, it really makes me sad because it's like we all got into weed, not like for the industry, you know, obviously like people have to feed their families, but like, the people who decided to work in cannabis chose that over other opportunities that are probably be easier because, because it's different, you know, it's, it's, 
it's meaningful, it's, it's, it's positive, it's medicine, it's revolutionary, it's, and then to just act like you're any other old business and be overly competitive and try to sabotage other people's hard work and money they spend into their social media. It's just silly. Yeah, so I just yeah. like, it makes me sad and I, and I hope it ends. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand you. Know? Too. It's very frustrating yeah. and it's a pain in the ass. So, especially when all like cannabis is community, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's like it's contradicting. Like the last place this should be happening. Yes, yeah, I agree. So, Ben, we ask everyone this question, but what's a stigma you would like to see changed regarding cannabis? <sighs> hmm. I want to change all the stigmas. That's like my whole like life, like not even in cannabis. Like I want to change every stigma in, in, in anything. Like I love, I love smashing stereotypes, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, it's just like part of who I am in a way. Um, like it's like partially comes from like frustration, but partially like my wise assness. Like, I just want to be like, eh, you're wrong. That's, no, you assumed you were wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't assume. Don't yeah. make assumptions. Be more, be more um, open-minded. I'm, it's, it's all yeah. about perspective, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, if I, if I had to give an answer, I would say that that, that cannabis hinders anything. That's the stereotype that, mm-hmm. I'd wanna, that I'd want to, to get rid of. It doesn't hinder performance. It doesn't hinder if anything... You know, it could be the opposite. You know, right? Um, I've, 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 I've seen many successful people that consume cannabis on a regular basis, and and I've seen people who who didn't consume cannabis, you know, see their life going down and then start, and then see their life going back up. Um, just anything negative yeah. correlated to the plant. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love to show through my own actions yes. that it's. That is not true. That's very intentional. I love that. Yes. Well, Ben, I think this wraps up today's episode. Is there anything that you would like to add before we hop off here today? Um, how'd I do? Great. Great. Great Great job, Ben. We got to know a lot about you. I I enjoy that. I love getting to know people. Yes. Thanks for coming prepared with questions and being so organized and like efficient in this whole process and through your actions proving that cannabis doesn't hinder anything, you know? So thanks for this. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. That was a great compliment. Thanks, Ben. I'm cheesing. (laughs) You can't hear it in my voice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, thank you for tuning in to all of our listeners. And as always, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. 
Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.